Welcome to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. This is the show where newcomers and professionals alike come to learn more about stage lighting. And now your host, David Henry. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show. I want to thank you for coming here today to listen to this show. I don't ever take that for granted. And in fact, uh, just starting off here, we got a new review from the Rick AFM, uh, somebody whose question I answered here on the show in the mailbag section. Uh, that'll be later. And uh, he said, this guy is demystifying lighting. Um, David emailed me back. And uh, people that break it down uh, like this are huge needs for guys like him trying to design stage lighting for his church. So he's uh, from iTunes in the USA. Thank you, uh, the Rick AFM, for sending in that review. If you have reviews of the show, Go to the LearnStageLighting.com podcast show notes. Uh, this episode is at LearnStageLighting.com slash 019. And go click the links to the various stores on whether iTunes or Stitcher. And, and go ahead and leave a review if you found this interesting. Uh, just a quick star rating and uh, what you think is all that matters. And um, that'll help the show to gain traction, help more people to learn about it. Though it is growing and it's been really exciting. Um Let's dive in to some quick lighting news. Now, there wasn't anything this week that really uh, caught my attention overly in the news, but I do want to talk about um, this month on the Learn Stage Lighting YouTube. So if you go to learnstagelighting.com slash YouTube, that's learnstagelighting.com slash YouTube, you're going to be taken to our YouTube page. And this month, uh, it's already started. Every day I've got a video. And this has been a tremendous amount of work so far, just trying to get a little bit ahead with them. Um, and so I hope you enjoy them. Uh, we're doing 30 Days to Become a Lighting Ninja over there. And I'm just going to talk you through everything I think about when I'm working with lighting. So we start at the start, um, just at, you know, defining where we're going to put lights, what lights we need, stuff like that. And I've also got a great free guide over there uh, called Four Things You Must Know Before You Buy Any Lighting Equipment. It's going to help you save time, save frustration, and most importantly, save money when you are buying new lights or any kind of lighting equipment, consoles, cables, anything. So be sure to go check that out, learnstagelighting.com slash YouTube. And now let's dive into our main segment. Today, I'm really excited to talk with you guys about visualizers. And, and this is a question that I get a lot. People see my videos. I use a visualizer a whole lot um, to show you in 3D the lighting that I'm doing and, and how I'm moving things around, how I like to do things. And the cool thing about a visualizer for me is that it allows me to show you in different situations, uh, different types of lighting. But the cool thing for a lot of people with a visualizer is it's going to allow you to see your lighting without having to set it all up, without having to have all the power that it needs, maybe if you have a, a bunch of lights and the time and effort and space, you know, maybe there's a cost to rent the space you're using. All of that is thrown away when you use a visualizer because you're able to work with your lighting from the comfort of your home or wherever else. And so a lot of people ask about this and my, my first inclination, my first thought is I have a few things I want to share with you. The first is that there are some free visualizers out there, okay? Everybody wants a free visualizer. And I've talked to people who develop visualizers, uh, both the capture folks, I've talked with the Martin Show Designer folks as well. 
and they all tell me the same thing. Visualizers are really expensive and difficult to develop and make good. And these visualizers such as capture, which is my personal favorite. Um, and they, they vary in a very lifelike, very realistic way, show you your lighting so that what you program in the visualizer can carry over to the actual show with, with minimal updating. Uh, if you do a good job, if you do your diligence. So first though, I, I said visualizers aren't free, but they could be. So there's a few different options um, to be able to get a visualizer free. And the first is that if your console has a three 3D, a free 3D visualizer, and this is something that's um, fairly rare. Some consoles do have it. Um, Avolites actually includes Capture with it. GrandMA has their GrandMA 3D. Camsys has uh, their Magic Viz as well. And so you're able to get inside these consoles and, and actually use it with the console, use a visualizer for free. And, you know, the quality of, of the visualization varies. Camsys has, has probably put more of their effort into making features in their console and they make a great console than in their visualizer quality. You know, it's not the best looking thing, but you can make a great show with it. Grand Maze looks pretty darn good. It's not as good as Capture, which comes with the Avolite desks, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's good enough to program a great show, and a lot of really big shows are using it. So that's that's one option to be able to get a visualizer for free. Um, another option is Capture has a demo edition and a student edition. And the difference between these two is that the student edition has a limited fixture library, but you're able to save, you're able to move stuff around, you're able to actually do stuff in the software. Whereas the demo edition, you can just open files, you can manipulate them, but you can't save and you can't work for more than 90 minutes uh, before quitting and restarting and losing all your progress. All these um, capture, by the way, works on PCs and Macs. And so obviously, unless you're using an MA or a campus desk, which you might be, you might be using that uh, particular software or a, a lighting desk. It's probably going to make sense if you need to visualize to go ahead and buy something like capture. Okay. So what does it take to, to use a visualizer? Well, Capture is going to be licensed. Uh, right now it's 2018 and they have a few different options. For a lot of people, if you can get by with one DMX universe, that's 395 euros at the time of this podcasting, which, you know, is $420 or something like that. I just, And then the great thing about Capture is it's a one-time purchase and for up to five years, I believe, after um, the current version you're on, you can upgrade. And so I just upgraded mine this past year, actually. And the upgrade costs, they aim to be about 20% of the total license. So with Capture, like I said, you can do a single universe. You can do two universes, I believe, four or unlimited. And so there's some different options there at different price points. Um, and they're all great. And so if you're going to be using a visualizer a lot, especially if you're going to be using it to show clients things, make money or whatever, you can see that the cost is is pretty easily justified, right? I've got a friend who does installs actually, and he loves Capture because he can be anywhere in the world, you know, on a plane, on a train, at his home, and he can pre-program the lighting for an installation that he's got coming up, you know, quickly and easily inside of Capture. Now, once you get your Capture license, what else does it take to, to visualize? What else does it take um, on any of these other visualizers to be able to get a great visualization. Well, 
Let's talk about hardware real quickly. Capture can run on pretty much any computer. In fact, the bulk of the uh, effort that goes into visualizing is actually on your graphics card, okay? So having a good graphics card is going to be your best bet. Now, we're in the age right now where uh, thankfully graphics card prices have finally started to come back down a little, but there was kind of a cryptocurrency uh, mining rage that went on and, and brought the prices way up, and now they're coming back down a little closer to what normal was before. Um, but basically, the graphics card is going to do most of the visualization. And so other than that, you don't have to have a spectacular computer. In fact, I just upgraded. I had previously, I had an Intel uh, i5 third generation processor from about 2012, but I had a newer video card in it, a GTX or a GT uh, 1050 Ti by NVIDIA. And so I was able to visualize, you know, a full universe, a bunch of fixtures at, um, at 30 frames per second, no problem all day long at 1080p no issues. Um, it is going to depend inside a capture. Of course, if you're not getting the frame rate you want, there's settings you can use inside a capture or any other visualizer that are going to allow you to go ahead and degrade the quality. So it doesn't have to be as realistic, or if you don't use haze or as much haze, or you simplify the haze or atmosphere or fog in the air, then you're going to get a lot better performance. Your frame rate's going to go up. You can also simplify the beams uh, and, you know, simplify things to, to make the computer do less thinking on the detail so that you can work on getting that frame rate up. So there's a lot of options there, even if you don't have a souped up computer. Like I did a console demo. I was showing a console to uh, some friends at a local production company here not too long ago. I just brought my laptop. It's a basic, you know, Intel i3 laptop. It's, it's newer but it doesn't have a dedicated graphics processor. And so when I opened up Capture, of course, you know, we started losing frame rate pretty quick once I had a bunch of, a number of fixtures in. But I went in, you know, simplified the haze, simplified the beams, and we were able to have a great demo and the frame rate was able to keep up just fine. And so now I kind of want to pivot and talk about um, kind of the process because a visualizer doesn't just happen. In fact, when, when you launch any visualizer, you're faced with a blank screen. Um, and so how do we get going? Well, visualizers work a lot like 3D CAD programs. In fact, most of them these days are kind of a hybrid of a CAD program and a visualizer. They, they do both. And so what you're going to find is that you got to start out, you know, go to the library as it's called in Capture, bring in some stage pieces, maybe some planes, build a building, add in trusses, add in fixtures, etc. Now, the good thing is Capture, um, the particular visualizer that I like, has a lot of videos and demo shows aimed at professional users. So you can learn from those. And inside of Learn Stage Lighting Labs as well, I have a complete get started guide that's that's aimed at people who are newer to visualization that is going to take you from, you know, getting started. It's a full action plan, you know, from launching the program to, to building your first show. And I show you how to do everything in, in a nice sequential way. So as many of you know, the way I like to do videos and, and training a lot of the time is is not as much of a reference manual. That's, you know, what the manufacturers often do, but a here's how I like to do things for, you know, X type of show. It's more of a walk you through what you actually need and why that is. And there's nothing wrong with the way the manufacturers do it. That's their job is, is to make the user manual, you know, style videos. But uh, inside there, we've got guides on capture. So guys, I hope this, um, guys and ladies, there's ladies too who listen to this, I think, um, you know, knowing that this industry is, uh, 
heavily uh, male, but there, there are some great ladies in, in this business and uh, who do lighting as a hobby. But um, getting off that, that uh, really terrible soapbox, um, you know, at the end of the day, visualizers are really great and they're a really great way to be able to see your lighting in 3D and on your computer. Are they right for you? Well, I hope this podcast has helped you so far. And actually, one more thing I want to hit on is I'm getting your information in to your visualizer. So I'm going to reference capture here, but most of the other visualizers are uh, pretty similar where you're going to be typically sending your information into the visualizer via networked DMX, via Artnet or SACN. Um, I prefer SACN. A lot of people do. It's a, it's a better standard overall, I believe. And a lot of people have gone that way too including manufacturers, but most devices on uh, most consoles can do both. And so you'll just send, you know, via a network cable out of your console, out of your computer. Maybe you'll do it within your computer, that ArtNet or SAC and signal. And then you're going to go ahead and uh, just send it to the visualizer, you know, out of the console into the visualizer could be the same computer that works totally fine. And then you're going to be able to um, visualize your lighting that way. Now, what if you're using a console? Maybe it's a hardware-based console. Maybe it's Entex DMX's software or um, another piece of software that doesn't support ArtNet or SACN. What do you do? Well, then in that case, you're going to have to basically get an ArtNet or SACN node and connect it up to the visualizer. And I'm not going to spend a whole time here, a whole lot of time talking about that because I have a video on it. And I'm going to link to that video. It's on YouTube. It shows you how to use DMX's with the capture visualizer, but... This guide will work for other consoles that don't have ArtNet or SACN as well. So, guys, like I mentioned, um, I hope this gives you really just kind of a good introduction to 3D visualization. How to do it, uh, what you need to get, what you need to have in a computer, and uh, how to make it all work together. And so now, guys, let's dive into our mailbag. All right, in this week's mailbag, uh, as usual, I uh, talk through some questions that I've uh, just copied and pasted into my show notes here just so that I can talk through them uh, live, show you what I'm thinking, how I'm thinking, and uh, how you can apply what uh, these nice folks are asking to your lighting. Questions are sent in at learnstagelighting.com slash contact. There you can fill out a form and uh, it'll email it right into my mailbag so I can answer them here. So Kevin wrote in. And uh, he said he's got a question. He's beginning to uh, design a lighting rig for a show that's going to be synchronized with audio and video. He has DMXs and ShowBuddy, so he's thinking he's going to he's going to program the lights in ShowBuddy, export the cues for each song as a MIDI file, and play back the MIDI file with DMXs um, in Digital Performer, which is a DAW software. We'll go over all of this in a second, guys. Uh, for those who may not be familiar. A number of his lights are no-name brands, uh, so he likes being able to create his own fixtures in DMXs, um, and that DMXs is easy to understand, but he'll likely need over 512 channels for a show that's fully automated. Um, do I have a recommendation of a software lighting console that can handle at least two universes that it could use instead of DMXs? Um, I, yeah, he's seen some of the stuff I've talked about, etc. All right, so Kevin... Basically, um, you've got a few options here, but your determining factor is those lights that are the no-name brands, unfortunately. So 
there's a good chance you're going to be able to find a profile for those inhalations MPC. Show Express I've used, but to be honest, their fixture library and their support on that regard is not always the best. They're not always the best at getting back to people with library requests and etc. Um, I know some people have had issues with that and the library that it has is not super great. Uh, so we're going to kind of cross out Show Express at this point for you. So let's talk about NTXD Pro Inhalations MPC. When I first read um, your question here, I'm really drawn to NTXD Pro for you. And the reason is it can handle MIDI triggering. Uh, both of them can. But D Pro is really designed for that kind of middle of the road person like you, where you're not a full on professional. Um, you know, MPC has a lot of buttons and, and features that if you touch them or get into them, you can mess up your show. Um, and it has a much higher learning curve. DPro has a lower learning curve. It's going to share the same type of fixture files that DMXs has. In fact, it's even easier to get them in. Uh, you can get right to the fixtures website within DPro and bring them in without going to the website, downloading something, moving the file over. You know, that's not so bad, but DPro, you can just do it all within the app and it can be triggered by MIDI. And so you literally just create different cues or different cue lists and you build in MIDI triggers uh, into the show. You can also bring in audio files, it's, but that doesn't sound like what you want to do. But you can literally, you know, bring in your different cues or your different cue lists. Um, there's some different ways to set it up because DPro's kind of laid out more like a professional console, but it's it's fairly simplified. Um, but I think you'll like the fact that it can bring in that MIDI. You can set up your various cues to be triggered by MIDI and then um, that's going to fall right along with your DAW. Um, MPC can do it too. It's just, you know, you're going to have to see, there's a, comp a website called Fixtures Finder, which is at, hold on a second, I'll Google it here so you don't have to, fixturesfinder.com. That's fixtures with an S, finder.com. And that's a fixture finder for M-Series. And the cool thing about it is that you can actually go ahead in there and uh, enter the type of, not necessarily the type of fixtures you have, but what's DMX channel one do, DMX channel two, DMX channel three, and on and on. You can enter all that information at fixturesfinder.com, and then it's going to tell you, you know, profiles of lights that match it. And so this is really cool because a lot of the time with no-name brands, you're going to find the same fixture named under a bunch of different brands, and they have the same DMX profile. So somebody may have already created this, you know, inside of MPC, and you can go find it at fixturesfinder.com. So I think that answers everything, Kevin. I would definitely probably recommend going with DPro um, with your DAW. MPC will work as well, but it's a little more complex to set up. And um, Show Express is probably not going to be on my recommendation list for you. Now, Sam writes in and says he's trying to do some outdoor lighting for a gig. He's got six LED power lights that he'll be able to get control with his DMX board. Um, but he wants to know where to put them. All right. So, Sam, I don't have a lot of info. So I don't know if this is just you, if you've got a band with you, etc. But I want to go ahead and, um, you know, just kind of talk through this. So basically, you've got six LEDs. So actually, in the 30 Days uh, to Lighting Ninja over at LearnStageLighting.com slash YouTube, 30 Days to Become a Lighting Ninja, we're actually talking through this right now because this podcast is going to come out on the 6th. And uh, so I just finished talking through where I like to position my lights. So I start with getting good front light. 
If it's just you, you might be able to do that with two LED power lights. If there's more than just you, it might take, you know, three or four lights or maybe all six to do that front light and that's okay. You know, light the front first. Then I talk about backlight, getting that good backlight on people so that they're separated from the background. Then I talk about lighting the set. And in fact, in your, in your situation with a small setup, I might actually consider skipping the backlight and just going straight to set light um, to be able to light the room, light some banners you have, whatever. Um, but that's the order that I'd like to do things in. And so basically the cliff notes on this is just saying, hey, you know, go ahead and make sure you get that front light right first and then move some other lights elsewhere. Um, definitely check out those videos on YouTube, Sam, because they're going to help you a lot. Now, uh, Aaron wrote in and said uh, they currently use a Smart Fade ML by ETC and they're thinking about going to my DMX 3.0 software. Would I recommend it? So Aaron, this is going to be one where I really am not a big fan of my DMX software. And yes, it's made by um, American DJ, which is pretty much elation, which, you know, makes the MPC software that I love. But just because a company makes one piece of software does, that I love doesn't mean that I like all their software. And I don't like my DMX, okay? It's, I really don't like it. And so, you know, some people have found it to be buggy and it's just, it's just not like an exceptional product, you know, like it's okay and it can do its job, but basically it's, it's a piece of software that's, that's made by this company that white labels, um, lighting software for a lot of companies. And so they have this base piece of software and they sell it under a bunch of different names through different companies. And it's just not a software package that I like. It's sometimes buggy and I just don't love the way that it works and, and some of the ways that it's it's fairly limited. And so my recommendation to you, Aaron, is I don't know anything about what you're doing, but you used a smart fade ML before. And so you need to ask yourself first, I guess, what didn't you like about the smart fade ML? Was it the difficulty of making your own fixtures? Because it's a little bit of an older console. Like when it first came out, it was rocking because PC consoles weren't where they were today. The fact that you could grab some LEDs, some moving lights, make some quick effects and program it to some faders made it and buttons made it a really cool console. It, it's, it's a great, it's a great desk. But if you have maybe more fixtures than it can handle on its buttons, or you're just trying to use too many fixtures that aren't in its library, it can get really difficult. And so I'd recommend looking at um, Entex DMXs and also the new LightShark uh, lighting console. So the LightShark, they have a, a LS Core, which is about an MSRP is at $650. So you'll find it somewhere else. And it's actually a really killer piece of software because it's intermediate level like D-Pro that I talked about earlier on today's podcast. But it is, um, it also is a console where you get a box and the software runs on that box. And then you just use a tablet, a computer, a phone, if your eyes are really good or your phone's really big and you control the software via that. And so it allows you to do some complex things, but it still keeps it simple. And I really like the LightShark software. Entex DMXs is another one you want to look at. And of course, all of these will be linked in the show notes. And DMXs just gives you a bunch of faders and allows you to work with lights. Um, the downside being, you know, if you're working with a lot of lights, like, you know, more than 10, 12, 15 lights, then DMXs can get a little overbearing because you're paging through pages and pages of faders and it gets a little bit slow 
to program. So Aaron, I don't know a ton about what you're trying to do, but those would probably be my recommendations to you. And we'll also link in the show notes to a post that's called um, my first lighting console. What should I choose for my first lighting console so that you can read that one as well. It kind of goes over the, the various pieces of software that I like and that I found to be really exceptional, stable, easy to use, uh, user-friendly products. So be sure to check that out as well. All right, guys, with that, um, thank you guys so much for listening today. I appreciate your listenership here on this podcast. Remember that show notes are found at learnstagelighting.com slash zero one nine. And be sure to subscribe if you haven't yet. And then I'll see you right here. Same time, same place next week. I hope you have a great week and I can't wait to tell you about some exciting things on the show next week. I'll see you guys then. Thanks. And that's it for today's show. Thank you for listening to the Learn Stage Lighting podcast. Be sure to visit us at learnstagelighting.com to see show notes, past episodes, and download a free guide on how to begin with lighting in your specific context. I'll see you guys on the site. Thanks. Thanks.